0: Hey, everybody, welcome to The Comeback. I'm your host, Kyle Michael Miller. During this episode, we're talking with 15-year-old Sophia Pijak, who's back in the game after being sidelined by a virus that attacked her heart. Sophia's mom, Carol, is also here, along with Cleveland Clinic Children's Cardiologist Dr. Gerard Boyle. But first, here's Sophia in her own words.
1: My name is Sophia Pijak. I'm 15 years old and I live in Mentor, Ohio. When I was 10, my mom took me to the hospital because I wasn't feeling well and my heart was beating really fast. I went into cardiac arrest twice and the doctor saved my life. They said a virus attacked my heart. A machine helped my heart pump in the hospital for five days. After that, my heart got stronger and I could go home. I wasn't able to play sports for about a year and that was really hard. Now I play soccer and basketball again and I can't wait to get on the field this spring.
0: Sophie, Carol, Dr. Boyle, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. you. We're happy to be here. here. Yeah, Yeah. it's good to see you guys. Sophie, how are you feeling today?
1: I feel good. You feel good?
0: Before we jump into your story, you've been through a lot five years ago. Take us back to when you were 10 years old. What were you like as a kid? What was your life like back then?
1: My life was very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I had something every day, if it was for school or sports, I was very energetic and I didn't like to take, like, time off. I was pretty healthy,
2: too.
0: Is that true, Mom? She was energetic, That's always true. on the go?
2: Energetic, nonstop movement. <laughs> she used to roll around. If she wasn't physically in an activity, we'd be like, oh, okay, we're in off-season. We got to get her doing something.
0: <laughs> and, Carol, did you have any idea that something was wrong? Any inkling?
2: I knew something was going on, for sure. As a mother, I knew, aside from not feeling well, something just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. But no way did I know it was as serious as it was.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you take us back to that day in September of 2014, you weren't feeling very well. What was going on?
1: I was sick the week before and I just wasn't getting any better and I could feel like palpitations in my neck and my throat. Then on a Wednesday I had stayed home from school and I lost vision in my one eye, and so my mom, like,
2: knew to take me to the hospital.
0: Yeah, so you guys went to the pediatrician first, right? We did, we did.
2: On a Monday, we went to the pediatrician, and she wasn't real sure what was going on, but she did do an EKG and said it was abnormal, and then um, we were waiting for some other labs to come back and such. And then at one point, they called and said to schedule with a cardiologist, and we weren't able to get in until a Thursday. And as Sophia said on Wednesday, she lost some peripheral vision in her eye. And we're like, okay, I think it's time to head there.
0: Yeah. So you guys went to the ER at that point. We did. And they did another EKG. What were the results of that test? Do you guys remember?
2: All I know in the ER is they told us that it had changed since Monday. And so they were going to take her into the cath lab.
3: Dr. Boyle, what was going on with Sophia when you first saw her? fortunately for Sophie, I think um, we've seen a lot of this and we had recently seen a patient very much like Sophie. Uh, Her EKG showed uh, abnormal rhythms, her um, ventricle, the lower part of her heart was beating abnormally and that, that, that gives us sort of a bizarre look on an EKG and they were more and more frequent. And given the history that she had been ill for a couple of days and now all of a sudden she's having palpitations and we see this change on the EKG our first instinct is that she's got myocarditis. So we take a couple of pieces of the heart and measure the pressures. And throughout the case, she was having these extra beats, but was her blood pressure was stable and her rhythm was fairly stable. But I had we had a bad feeling that this was not going in the right direction, uh, and it was not going in the right direction quickly. So we brought her right from the cath lab up to the ICU to um, initiate treatment for myocarditis. If we were wrong, we could stop that treatment when the biopsy came back, but the thought was that we needed to get started right away. So what is myocarditis and how does somebody get this condition? Yeah. Myocarditis is really an inflammation of the heart. Uh, the body um, is reacting, usually is reacting to a virus that it had a, maybe a week or two weeks before. The immune system starts to fight that virus. And so it's really the body is fighting itself and is, is attacking the heart itself. And our treatment is to, is to try and calm down the immune system uh, using a number of different medications. I mean, Sophie was was active, was healthy. You know,
0: played a couple different sports. Is it common to see somebody like Sophie have
3: myocarditis? Common, no, um, no. It, it happens, and it and it's so random, and it's very rare that the cross reaction uh, between the virus uh, and the in- immune system cross reacts with the heart. But it happens, and it can happen to anybody at any age. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol, were you shocked when you found out that
0: Sophie had heart failure at 10 years old?
2: Absolutely. When they came in and told us that, I think when I look back, I'm not sure how much I heard after that. It was kind of a numb feeling and scared doesn't even give it an accurate description.
0: How do you process that as a mom? You know, you're in the hospital room with Mm -hmm. your daughter. You're not sure what's going on. How did you handle that?
2: Honestly, my husband and I are looking at each other in shock, trying to listen to the information that was being given to us. You know, we were told that she would be in working with the heart failure specialists. And to me, all I could think was that means she's going to die. That was my first thought.
0: Carol, there's a moment that shook you to the core quite a bit, it was when you guys were in the hospital. Can you take us back to that moment?
2: Right after she got out of the biopsy, I was standing next to Sophia's bed and talking with her and she was coming out of sedation. And the there were several doctors and nurses standing at her doorway. And um, at one point she had just slumped over and everyone came in and Dr. Boyle started doing CPR on her. And although I realized she was in cardiac arrest I Again, all I can say is it was a state of shock and so also realizing how grateful I was watching the organized chaos going on in the room to help her to bring her back
0: yeah and there were and there happened to be Dr Boyer, you were there at that time. there were a couple other
3: um caregivers and doctors there my nurse uh transplant coordinator um Colleen Nassman, nasman was works very closely with me, and she was standing at Sophie's bed on the other side and and um Uh, She just looked at me and I knew that that this was going in the wrong direction. So we all rushed in. Actually, Dr. Aziz and I rushed in and Dr. Stewart, our surgeon, ran to get his team ready to support her circulation. Dr. Boyle,
0: Sophie mentioned that she was on ECMO. Can you explain what that is? How is
3: it used? ECMO is uh, stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenator. It means outside the body, we're able to oxygenate the blood. It's used in a number of instances. We use it most often in uh, in instances where the heart, where the heart fails acutely. Um, it can be immediately out of the operating room or in the operating room after a big heart surgery. If the heart doesn't recover right away, you put them on. This is essentially cardiopulmonary bypass where doing all the work of the heart and the lungs, and it's used in the post-operative period, and it's used in the acute uh, decompensation fit period when someone comes in with myocarditis or bad cardiomyopathy and they come in a little bit too late. We're able to cleanse the blood, and support the, the, the body, give oxygen to the organs, and most importantly, to the heart and to the brains, uh, and to allow them to recover uh, until the heart takes over again. While we were doing compressions on and off, we were moving Sophie's bed and all of her medicines to a larger room where the uh, surgical team was already setting up the ECMO circuit. Sophie looked up at one point after I did a couple of compressions and said, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and every in the team lit up, you know. And, and I said, I love you too. And she looked at me and said, Oh, no, no, I was having a dream. I thought I was saying goodbye to my father at the door. <laughs> So back to ECMO, in between compressions or while we're doing compressions, the surgical team put in what are essentially giant IVs, and this machine is doing all the work for both her heart and her lungs. And at that point, you thought that she was going to have to have a heart transplant. You have to think that if, you, if the rhythm has deteriorated to the point that she's having cardiac arrest, we're going on ECMO, uh, we have to start thinking about heart transplant.
0: But then a couple of days later, her heart started to recover. Yeah. How often does that
3: happen? The good news for myocarditis is, is that uh, it, that's a fairly common occurrence. So uh, myocarditis comes in a couple of varieties, but the ones that go into fulminant myocarditis, they recover faster. And so we were very hopeful that, that this would be, and, and the biopsy showed that this was fulminant myocarditis. We were hopeful that this would recover quickly. And so um, we were very gratified to see it start to come back. Carol, you had support from your family, from friends, from your church,
0: from strangers. Mm-hmm. How much did that support mean during that time?
2: It was critical to our well-being, for sure. We felt the support. It also with Sophia's older brother and sister, we knew that they were being well taken care of while Michael and I were at the hospital with her. The prayers, you know, uplift the heart. So we needed that. We mm-hmm. needed that.
0: What was the recovery process like for you?
2: It was
1: hard when I knew what was going on and I was awake all the time. So it was boring just sitting in the rooms and I missed my home. Like I missed like all my friends and I even missed going to school. Like,
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. But I know that you were determined to get better. And I also heard that you hung up your jersey. Yeah. In the hospital room. How did that help you stay motivated?
1: That just like reminded me that when I get through this, like I get to go back to be playing soccer and basketball. And I just, it was a good reminder to look at, to know that I had something to go do after all of this.
0: Yeah, but Dr. Boyle didn't let you play for a year. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, how could he do that? Right. (laughs) Was that, was that year pretty tough for you?
1: Yeah, it was, it was hard, especially because I've always played sports. So I didn't, really know what to do with myself I would go sit at the practices and watch for a long time which was good but it was hard just not being able to go and play
0: do you remember the first day that you were able to play sports when when Dr. Boyle cleared you and you got that okay
1: I just remember like all like leading up to it because I was able to like start doing like little stuff at practice like I could do like skill work and like I couldn't get my heart rate up too high but then um, I kept like going up and up, and it took about another year to get back to normal after not playing.
0: Mom, when you look at Sophie today, <laughs> isn't it amazing how far she's come?
2: It is amazing. I, yeah. Trust me, especially being the mother of a teenager. Sometimes when I'm frustrated, there's always that in the. You back don't of frustrate my mind. her, do you?
0: <laughs> 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 Never. I'm, Never. I'm the perfect child. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think. Um, that's part of the gift to remember how um, valuable life is and what a gift she is to us. And yeah, yeah it, it it's pretty cool, you know, to look at her and say, I can't believe that's where you were.
0: Well, we're gonna play a quick game called Go Fish. We have a fishbowl <laughs> in studio. So Sophie, if you wanna take the lid off the fishbowl, there's actually, we're gonna give each of you a question. Um, so Sophie, you wanna go first, pick a question out, read it to us, and then you can give us your answer.
1: What would you like others to know about myocarditis? I think your mind and like your mental state plays a big part of it. To not like think like you're gonna die during this or just to stay positive during it will make a big impact. I feel like that had a big part of it, especially with my family, like with all the support that we had. It helped a lot on the whole mental part of it.
0: Mom, do you wanna pull one? (laughs) <laughs> there's no trick questions in there so
2: now, what's one life lesson learned from this medical journey hmm, just one
0: no <laughs> <laughs> I can do a couple <laughs> no.
2: well one for sure is to trust your instincts especially as a parent I know that was a big part for me because I knew something was going on early earlier than probably medically you know it was indicated so that was very important for us because I know We had talked about it several times that she was in the right place at the right time for all these pieces to fall into place to help her recover.
3: All right, Dr. Boyle. What advice do you have for someone trying to stay positive during a health scare? I think it's important to to be informed. Think about when you can put put yourself together. um, Think about the choices and the options that are being discussed with you um, by the medical professionals. And if you don't like the answer, ask the question again and if you don't get the answer you want, maybe it's time for a second opinion. You need to trust your your caregivers and and their surrounding and using your maternal instinct uh, to say that this is the right thing. Uh, Once you have that, then then staying positive uh, becomes a lot easier, as Sophia put it, you know, as well as it can be put, having a positive mental attitude really is uh, almost equally as important uh, as some of the medications that we're able to give these, these patients or the treatments we do. I fully believe that we, we heal ourselves.
0: So we are just about out of time. Do you guys have any, any closing thoughts today? Anything else to say?
2: We're grateful for Dr. Boyle, Dr. Aziz, Dr. Stewart, Nurse Colleen, yeah. and the dozens of other people that helped Sophia come through this healing journey.
3: You have no idea um, what she did for our team. You know, during when she was still uh, on ECMO and still intubated, she was still smiling, and she's the only patient I've ever had that asked for a selfie while she was intubated. <laughs> um, uh, and her positive attitude from the get-go helped uh, helped our team. We were we have some difficult challenges, uh, and we're we're just humans too. And through that illness, uh, Sophia helped us, uh, and you have no idea how important. When she was coming back to clinic, we looked forward to it. Oh, Sophie's coming in this week. I mean, we all looked up to it. It was something that lifted our spirits, and and Nurse Colleen was just uh, almost giddy whenever whenever Sophie was coming because we have so many sad stories, and when you have somebody that is so positive, it it really helps the the whole healthcare team. And I think if you even talk to anybody who's, who's met you, has cared for you,
0: they always say, oh, Sophie, oh, we love her. Oh, she's great, <laughs> she's so positive. She has a great smile. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for coming in and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Kyle. Thank, you. thank yeah. you. And thank you everybody for taking the time to listen. You can find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org backslash podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play.